You're listening to the Spirits Blind Tasting Podcast with Johnny Michelson. Hey guys, it's Johnny here from Spirits People. Thank you so much for checking out this week's episode of the Spirits Blind Tasting Podcast. This is a podcast dedicated to tasting fine spirits without the influence of brands and marketing. So we're at episode three of season two here, and I'm continuing my path down the audio plus video version of the podcast. So I hope you guys are enjoying the video segments. And um, yeah, I find it quite interesting to try and maintain a good audio podcast while also um, being present on camera. So yeah, I'll admit I've done a little bit of practice in the background here because I did find that um, the episode two from last week was a little bit messy and it was a test, I'll admit, because I did want to see how far I could push the kind of one take episode, if you will. But I think there's a sense of kind of chaos uh, within, I guess, for, for me to do so. So I think I'll maintain the, the bricks in between the sections. I'll, I'll continue with doing the appearance and the nose in a segment and then I'll take a break, I'll retaste it because it, it gives me a chance to almost re-familiarize myself with uh, the notes and again just kind of reaffirm the things that I've jotted down ahead of time and um, sometimes as we saw in the first episode things do change like the the spirit can change over time and I'll, I'm letting it breathe here so over time the spirit may change and uh, it gets give me a chance to to kind of reconnect with it before I jump in and talk about the palette um, in the second segment. And the same thing for the conclusion, it'll give me a chance to just kind of hunt down the message from whoever the spirit is from so that I don't have to kind of keep you guys entertained while I'm doing stuff on the side here, not really focusing on, on just the recording. So yeah. We'll, uh, we'll continue down the path and obviously if you guys have any feedback, any comments on YouTube, leave the comments below on, um, on the podcast, the audio podcast. Feel free to reach out to me on Instagram or on my Patreon page. And speaking of Patreon, thank you so much for anyone who's listening and watching for your support. If you're part of my Patreon community, I really do appreciate it. It maintains the podcast advertisement free, which is great. And uh, yeah, if you haven't joined me yet and uh, want to support the channels, then feel free to jump over to patreon.com forward slash spirits people. And uh, yeah, I think that was a that was an intro and a half. I think we'll jump into the episode. And uh, yeah, this week we have a rum again. So from Stephen James, who is also known as rum underscore diaries over on Instagram and also world famous for his rum diaries blog, which was rum blog of the year 2018, in case you didn't know. So, uh, so yeah, there's that. <laughs> so Stephen has another blind sample for me here, although I'll say one thing has been revealed on the bottle and that is the ABB. So it's a clear bottle with a rum inside and all it says is 57%. So there's not going to be much guessing around the ABV. However, I will still share my thoughts on how that ABV comes across in the glass. And it's 
it's pretty accurate. Well, I'll reveal that now, but it's always good to kind of get a sense of what you think, regardless of, of what you already know. So, so yeah, I'll, I'll kind of talk through it in the episode. So yeah, Steven, thank you so much for this sample. We'll be diving into it. And um, yeah, with no further ado, I think, as I said, we'll do a quick cut here and then we'll jump into the tasting. ready with the first segment here which of course is not the tasting but it is the appearance and the nose so we'll jump into that and then once I've done that we'll take a break and then we'll go to the tasting so that's out of the way we'll jump into the glass so first of all we're looking at a clear spirit there's no kind of haziness or anything like that and similar to the first sample that I shared with you guys from Steven, which was episode one, it is a completely water white and colorless spirit in the glass. So again, it kind of looks like a, a small glass of water, if you will. In terms of the suggested viscosity here, I'm just kind of whirling or swirling the glass, which whichever is the correct term, if there is such a thing. Um, and it's kind of leaving a very nice thick ring at the top here of the glass. And uh, now obviously if you're, if you're looking at this on the video, you'll see that the oils kind of run down really quickly, but in the very beginning, it took quite some time. So the more you swirl your glass here, the more the oils will kind of coat the entire glass. And uh, once you've done that, you can't really assess the viscosity or the potential of viscosity inside of, of the glass because it's already kind of coated. So you could pour it into a new glass if you really wanted to do the assessment again. Uh, but yeah, for now, I'll let you guys know that it was a really thick and viscous spirit in the glass. And it took a long time for those legs to pull down from the ring. So yeah, very, potential viscous spirit right here. And then moving into the nose here. So yeah, it's a, it's a clean nose. There's no faulty aromas like that. So no kind of hints of, of any heads or tails, like any plastic or cheese or anything like that. Just, just to kind of give you guys an idea of, of what it is that you could potentially get when, when you do have a, a faulty nose or faulty aroma. But yeah, there's none of that. It's, it's a very pleasant nose. And uh, in terms of the intensity, very similar again to the spirit that Steven shared with me for episode one here, it is a very pronounced aroma profile on this. I could smell it, probably I could leave the room and then when I enter the room with this on the desk here, I would be able to smell it. It is really, really intense. So a pronounced um, nose on this, this spirit right here. And it's a, <laughs> it's a very, very, now this is a, something that I, <clears throat> I, I, I talk about sometimes and, and I've, I've presented some stuff over on my, my Patreon uh, page for the for the community over there when I talk about stuff that really triggers specific memories um, can help you identify a certain type of spirits 
It can help you remember certain things, uh, different profiles and stuff like that, if you can associate it with something that's personal to you. So this one here, <laughs> the, the thing I'm getting here off the bat is, is kind of going to school in the 90s and having these giant uh, pink bubble gums that was packed with sugar and you would kind of chew it two or three times and, and then it would it would be completely tasteless. But like that initial chew on that bubblegum from when I was a kid is exactly what I get of, off of this spirit of the nose. It is the initial sensation. Everything else that comes after that are, are a lot more detailed. But in terms of that initial just whiff of this spirit here just reminded me and it took me right back it was it was it was quite vivid in my head but obviously it's hard to translate and obviously that doesn't mean anything to anyone else but yeah for me there's a very very vivid memory of of that kind of bubble gum and that's overly sugary sweet sensation that it has so putting that aside and and moving into to some actual aroma characteristics that you guys can can relate to maybe a little bit more easily or maybe some of you guys will will, will know what i'm talking about in terms of the bubble gum it was it was it was kind of ridiculous uh but yeah like a couple of chews and, and the taste was gone but those chews were amazing <laughs> so yeah in terms of, of of more specific um more specific uh characteristics here so the first thing that kind of popped out was this idea of uh, strawberry ice cream, like a very thick uh, and creamy strawberry ice cream, or also some some fresh, um, fresh, freshly pressed pineapple juice. If I could talk, my mind is like froze for a second. Uh, but yeah, fresh pineapple juice and strawberry ice cream. There's lemon cake. There's mango, fresh mango. <sighs> And then there's a different aspect of, of the profile where it's more it's more spicy, it's a little bit more bitter. There's hints of cloves. There's some licorice and, and star anise kind of lingering uh, in the back underneath all of that sweetness. So as you could probably tell from, from all of the notes here, it's a very, very sweet and very, very heavily fruity uh, profile overall. But there are little hints of other um, there are other sides of that um, aroma, if you will. So there's there's those kind of licorice and star anise um, notes that are uh, it's kind of popping out, if you will. And you can get them kind of, if you whirl the glass here. If I whirl the glass, I, I get them. But if I just hold it still, they're kind of masked because all of the other aromas are so pronounced that they can't really come out and it's probably because those those other aroma characteristics are kind of more connected to the ethanol so when you roll the glass you release the vapors and the ethanol kind of pops out and that's when you get those a little bit more licorice notes and, and a little bit more uh, spice like the star anise and the cloves on on this particular spirit here so so yeah very very interesting and i thought that Initially, I thought that it's kind of a one-trick pony. It's kind of, oh, it's just all sweetness. It's all fruit. There's nothing else interesting there. But it actually does develop a little bit in terms of how those uh, more spicy notes kind of come through. So if you if you do whirl it a little bit, you do get a little bit more um, volume of the nose, if you will. So yeah, my, my mind is going a little bit 
wild here because what I will say is that although it has all of these very sweet and very uh, very fruity notes, it actually doesn't feel like it has a very pungent and, and, and very astringent ester level to it. It feels just very sweet, like you would have some uh, some scotch that has a very sweet profile. It's kind of that level of, of, of sweetness. It's not it's not sweet as any of you you would recognize it in other types of rum. And because there's no like darker notes, I'm 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 not thinking that there's molasses here as as part of the raw material that's produced this. I think it's probably on the and I have to be careful because the last time Stephen gave me a uh, cane syrup rum, so but I mean I wouldn't be able to tell the difference anyway. But I'm thinking that it's it's in the Acricolia style here. It's it's quite it's quite fruit forward and and quite uh, heavily placed in that category, if you will. And also one thing that that I found interesting is that I know that this is 57%, but it took me a while to actually dig out that ethanol in the glass. Like first couple of nosings of this, and I do kind of two or three before I start um, recording, and then obviously I do it throughout the episode here, but I didn't really think that it was that high. It's 57%. I thought it was maybe around 50, maybe even lower than that. But then there's other things that make me think, well, the fact that the nose is so pronounced and obviously a lot of a lot of flavor and aroma will be carried with alcohol. So the alcohol, um, the ethanol components will, will bind with those um, those congeners in the spirit. So that's where you get a lot of that. I'm not saying everything comes from the alcohol, obviously not, but a lot of it will bind with the alcohol. So it does make sense, but it took a second or two for me to actually figure out, okay, this is how it's it's all connected, if you will. So yeah, my guess was actually that it was uh, 50%, but I know it's 57, so it's more about just keeping an open mind and, and thinking about this um, this assessment a little bit more critically, even though I, I know I know the, the ABV ahead of time. Cool. I think that's as much as I can squeeze out of uh, the nose, if, if you could even say that. <laughs> so I'll cut this out. I'll do a little bit of a tasting again, and then I'll be back in a second. And uh, yeah, we'll continue with the palette. <laughs> back with the tasting notes and uh, yeah I just did another another tasting here for about maybe five or ten minutes or so and I'll say that it hasn't developed as much as I thought it would it pretty much stays as it was it's pretty consistent actually which which I don't really know whether or not that's something I should be considering as a, a point off or a point uh, point plus or whatever but I feel like it's pretty solid, actually, with with that in mind. And we'll talk about the finish and stuff like that, which I think really takes this home because it's just a beautiful journey overall that the spirit is taking me on here. So let's jump into the, the grid here. So the sweetness, first of all, although this is a very sweet and very fruit forward spirit and rum to that for that matter, 
I don't think there's any added sugar to this. I do this little thing where I, I pour a little bit in my in my palms, I rub my hands, and if I get this kind of sticky feeling, it kind of it can be a hint that there's a little bit of sugar added to a spirit. You can try it. Um, it doesn't always work because some spirits have just the tiniest amount of sugar, but it's just just a nice little thing to do and, and, and something to have fun with. You can also sometimes feel it if you have something that looks very viscous in the glass, but has a very thin mouthfeel. That can also be a hint. And again, this is not this is not true for every spirit, but it can be a hint that there's been added sugar because the sugar will add as a kind of thickener, but on the palate, the spirit is not gonna have that same uh, thickness. So it can be a little bit thinner in the mouth. So if there's a disconnect between how it looks and how it feels, then it could also mean that there's been some, some added sugar. I'm, sh I'm sure there's other things that I'll, I'll discover as part of my journey. If you guys have any any other tips or tricks, um, I would love to hear them. So so yeah, feel free to reach out, uh, drop some comments below here. If, if you're watching on YouTube, I would love to hear what, what other people do in terms of just detecting uh, certain aspects of, of spirits here. But yeah, for this one here, I think it's a dry spirit, but obviously I could be wrong. And then the intensity on, um, on the palette here, I think is a medium plus. It was very big, but it wasn't, again, as big as some other spirits that I've had. So I'm, I'm going to lower it a little bit into the medium plus. <coughs> Excuse me. And then the texture here is quite silky. The viscosity here is a medium, so it's not as high as I thought it would be because it did come across as very thick in the glass initially. So it's a little bit lower than that, but not really a, a disconnect, just a little bit of a... Um, uh, a lower lower viscosity in the mouth than I, than I thought it would be, but not much really. So jumping into the palette itself, and and this is where this is where it's interesting. And and sometimes I've I've given spirits a hard time, and I'm I'm saying that as in like I'm I'm some kind of judge of spirits, which I'm I'm by no means I'm not. But sometimes I'll give them a hard time if they don't really develop, if they don't add anything, if it's too similar. So if it's too straightforward, if the palette is exactly the same as the nose, which this has some aspects of that. I've, I've previously on the podcast, and, and at this point in time, I can't actually remember what episodes um, they were, but sometimes I've kind of reduced the, the quality level because I didn't think it offered anything in addition, which I'll admit is probably not the right approach to take because just because something doesn't develop doesn't mean that the quality isn't good. I think it's all about the overall experience. Um, so just something I've learned and something I've, I've, I've definitely taken to heart in terms of, of trying to follow the, uh, the WSAT format here a little bit more um, on point, if you will. So yeah, as I was saying, the palette here is pretty much a replica of, of everything I've said for the nose. Like, it starts off with this sensation of, of this bubble gum and it, it doesn't go away. And this is this is just me, but it still has the strawberries, it has whipped cream, it has pineapple juice, it still has licorice, it still has that that clove, star anise kind of um, little bit of spice there in the back. And it's almost the same percentage as well. So it's kind of 80% fruit and sweet and then it's 20% 
um, kind of spicy and, and bitter, which is very interesting for a palate because a lot of times when you know something that's sweet, you will kind of see how those sweeter notes are, are kind of dumbed down a little bit on the palate and other things will, will take over and it will add to it. But here, it is surprisingly consistent with, with the nose, which I'm fascinated by, but I don't know what it means. Maybe when we reveal the spirit here, we'll, we'll, we'll get some answers, but I just don't know. This is, this is very yeah, interesting to me, if you will. So yeah, the fruit flavors just kind of persist um, consistently on the palate. And then the finish is very, very long. Like it's, I could probably still, if I hadn't done anything for 20 minutes, I could probably still taste some of that strawberry and a little bit of that pineapple. But there's also this, there's this savory note that comes in at, at the very end. And it's almost like a, it's a herbaceous, aspect that hasn't really been present on the nose or on the palate but it comes at the very back um, on the finish it's almost like a like a banana leaf or a plantain or something that's not necessarily um, in the fruit category but it's kind of associated with that so it's it's almost a little bit more vegetal so I thought that was interesting again I don't know what it means at this point but uh, but yeah I will say that with everything I've said, I think this is a really, really interesting spirit that I would highly recommend people try just to see what a rum can also be. Because there's a lot of rums that I've had that I've, I can easily just put in a, in a box and say, yes, this is the Agricoli style. This is the kind of um, watered down sugary style, um, kind of lower to mid shelf uh, style of rum. And then you have the more like single cask and like aged rums and all those kind of aspects. I think I'm getting okay at detecting them, I'll say. But this one here, I've, I think it's hard for me to put put in a box because it's it really does come across as, as quite unique. Um, so yeah, I think, I think this is an outstanding um, rum. And yes, I do think it's rum. I'll say that it's probably an Agricoli style. Um, so, so yeah, sugarcane. And the only thing I'll say that this reminds me of is, is some of the Clarine rums from Haiti. So it has a little bit of that very, very fruit forward punch that I've, I think I've had before. It's been a long time since I've tried any of their stuff, but I have this, um, faint memory of trying something and 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 this is the only thing i can kind of uh relate to at this point so so yeah i think i'll i'll, I'll stop there because i think this is uh, this is just going to drive me nuts if i don't actually get to know what this is you guys will know it because it's in the title and the description of this episode but i think it's time for me to find out as well so let's do it i'll see you guys in a bit <laughs> guys I am back with the reveal and uh, again another bottle here that I've never heard of before I had to just look it up so I have it here on the screen and they have it available at uh, La Maison de Whiskey in Paris so I was just reading up on it here and this is the Savannah Hair Blanc 57% so these are high ester 
rums from a producer uh, from Reunion Island. And these are pot still. So it makes sense because there's a lot of flavor coming out of this. It's packed with flavor, absolutely. And Stephen here has added a couple of notes that's not on the website here. So there's a long fermentation and he says about 11 days, question mark, which again makes sense because there's a, there's just a lot and there's a lot of fruit in here. Um, one thing that's surprising to me is that this is a molasses based distillate. So just like <laughs> the other one I got from Steven, I'm off again on in terms of the raw materials materials used to produce this particular spirit here, this rum here. And uh, yeah, it's very interesting. I mean, like those 11 days in fermentation, and obviously there would be some um, some some wild yeast coming in and, and really impacting this to a degree where you can't really taste the molasses. But then again, on the other hand, I will say that I don't really get the sense of, of this um, sugarcane more grassy sensation either. So I guess it does make sense uh, retrospectively here, but again, you just never know. It's blind tasting, assume nothing, and uh, hope to learn something. So yeah, there we go. <laughs> All right, cool. Thank you guys for watching and listening to this episode of the Spirits Blind Tasting Podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I definitely enjoy this rum here. Steven, if you're watching or listening, Thank you so much for sharing this with me. I really appreciate it. And also thank you for being a Patreon supporter and everyone else who supports me on Patreon. Thank you guys. It really means a lot to me. And uh, yeah, I hope to see all of you guys uh, in the next episode. And uh, yeah, I think that's it. See you guys next week. Cheers. Cheers.